0: What is up, everyone? And welcome to another edition of the Return of the Roar podcast. Uh, The first edition uh, since the NBA, uh, what is that called? What what did we just have? The All-Star break? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. Uh, The NBA All-Star break. I pay attention to sports. Um, In that voice that you heard right there, he just came off a two-hour sit-down interview with Oprah Winfrey talking about his family and why they hate him. Frankie Cardaselli. Frank, how you doing?
1: Hello, mate. No, that's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that was Australian. No hat. No hat. Uh, what, how, what's British? Uh, Oi. No. Don't get fired, bro. All do right. not get fired, please. Well, that's, uh, come on. All right. I tried my best. I can't do Prince. Yeah, it was bad. No. I, I can't do Prince Harry. If anyone can do a good Prince Harry impression, send that over to us. Uh, Christopher, Looking for a new intro. Christopher. Yes, sir. Chris. Christina. I'm doing great. I'm uh, enjoying the beautiful day yeah. today. You had a good break? I did.
0: Did you enjoy the week off? Uh, no. No? It was pretty quiet. I mean, I I think uh, in the episode that we just recorded with Jason Ross, shout out everyone who listened to that. That was really fun to do. Um, we talked a lot about trades, and even my, my cola machine of the week was King's Front Office for not making a deal. Um, I've kind of since fallen back on that. I, I realize I need to be a little bit more patient, but... Uh, still, I mean, no, nobody made any deals over the break. Did that kind of surprise you? I know we're going to talk about deals a little later.
1: Um, but Not really. There was a lot of talk about, I can't remember who reported it, that they said deals could be made during that week off just because of the fact that uh, it's a time for people to get practice in, getting practice in over that whole week. It's the only chance that some teams are going to have due to the fact that the last half of the schedule is very piled up. I don't know if you guys have looked at the upcoming schedule for the NBA, not just the Kings, the whole NBA. There's not many days, not many gaps in games you're going to find where there's two days off between games. The Kings play pretty much every other day or back-to-back. So it's a sprint to the finish. The deals did not happen, but that does not mean the deals won't happen in the near Future.
0: No, in due time, and uh, like I said, we're going to talk about that a lot later uh, in the episode. Not a lot later, actually. We're we're planning on kind of getting in and out on this one. We have to
1: be out of here because of the Oakland A's game. Shout at out noon. Oakland A's, man! Baseball on,
0: season's right around the
1: corner. Yeah, we work at a radio station. The station is broadcasting the A's game, so we have to yep. go. Hey man,
0: we're on a schedule, so uh, yeah, we're going to try and be in and out, but still try and cover everything that we can. Um, if we miss anything, I'm sure we'll be back. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely be back if anything big happens. So, so definitely, ahead. don't worry about that. Uh, well, first off, I mean, we might as well. The Kings came back last night. We're recording on a Friday. Uh, they played the Houston Rockets last night. Coming, I think Houston was coming into the game on a 13-game losing streak. Um, and, I mean, let's start it off right there. Coming into the game, Houston's on a 13-game losing streak. I feel like we've seen this story before where a team comes in, can't buy a win to save their lives, come into Sacramento and uh, usually that's that's where the streak ends, is, is right here and right now. And uh, last night was was a different tune. Good to see.
1: Well, we saw it uh, against the Timberwolves last year. I remember, I think on two separate occasions, that the Timberwolves came in on an 8-game losing streak and a 10-game, or 11-game losing streak, and they snapped them both times against the Kings. And uh, Or actually, no, the, the Timberwolves actually came in, they snapped a 10-game losing streak last year. Then the game where De'Aaron Fox had yeah. the, threw the ball off the rim. Uh, and he caught it, and we won it overtime, that crazy game, yep. that would have been the Timberwolves' ninth straight loss. Or it was their ninth straight loss. But
0: You know what's uh, crazy? That just triggered, like, mad PT. it's It's been a year, actually, almost to, I think, to the day. No, yesterday. Yesterday was the uh, was oh, to the day of, of corona, but it feels like th- that, that Timberwolves game that you're talking about where they were home, I specifically remember that game last season and feeling like, I think that game might have gone into ended up going into overtime. It did. And I remember thinking, like, this game needs to end now. Like, that, this, that was maybe the worst watched or the worst played basketball game I have ever watched. That game was
1: watched. crazy for a lot of uh, reasons. The re, the Kings came back similar to the Charlotte game. They came back after trailing by eight points with, like, a minute left. And Buddy Heald also scored a career high that night. hit 42 points, I believe, uh, career high off the bench, mind you. So things over that this past year, because that led right into the COVID-19 shutdown about a week and a half later, and uh, just everyone's been reflective lately. How how do you feel about the fact that it's been one year?
0: Man, it's... I think, you know, a lot of people... I've heard a lot of people talk about this. I actually really want to listen. Uh, I'm going to give a random plug here to to uh, ESPN 30 for 30, which I think it has in uh, an audio doc about the uh, March 11th date that the NBA shut down, but I just remember... Uh, obviously, everyone will remember the Kings were supposed to play the Pelicans that night. I remember being on the court maybe thirty, probably like sixty minutes before uh, before tip off. Zion and, and Lonzo are warming up right in front of me, and I just I remember a lot of chatter on on the baseline with all the reporters. You know, there was uh, I think there was an ESP, ESPN was covering the game, so I do actually remember an ESPN reporter was only nationally
1: televised game of the year for the Kings, yep. by the way.
0: Uh, was supposed to be at least supposed to be Um, and I just you know I remember him on his phone telling you know giving everybody updates on like you know because obviously ESPN is covering a lot more across the world than what's happening in Sacramento so he was very plugged in I just remember a lot of chatter Um, I remember looking for the players to see if they like if there was any moment where it was like somebody told them like you know, I think I think it was a little bit closer to tip off when the when the Jazz um, OKC game ended up getting canceled. But just looking to see if anyone was talking and if it was present in anyone's minds, and obviously it really wasn't until it needed to be. But um, I don't know. It's just crazy yeah. to think. Like I mean, I was ten feet away from Zion Williamson as the league is being shut down.
1: I had just started my new job. I worked for the Kings again. Some guy came at me on Twitter a while ago saying, well, bro, you, G- you're trying to
0: pedal positivity, and I'm no. not here for it. And so, like, stop. Like, and he called
1: stop. me a, a ticket sales rep, and I never sold you one ticket. No, you're, we, did, we did events and fan experiences. It was the coolest job well, ever. Well, we're
0: actually going to start a mid-roll today where we are promoting Kings season tickets. Yep. That's
1: not happening. Psych. But. We are actually sales reps in disguise, so that's why we're so positive. No, but... Some guy came at me call me a sales rep and said I'm trying to push mentions, so. Uh we do a little bit, so guilty. But I just started a new job. I just left the Kings and got a job at an event company and I was sitting in my office and saw this doctor sprint out of a tunnel during the Jazz Thunder game. Just got us ran out of the tunnel and started separating Donovan Mitchell and all those guys from from the uh, the Thunder players and uh Then they went on the PA system and announced the game was over. Yeah, like everybody else, I saw what you all saw and uh, was texting my friends at the arena like you, Chris, and and others that were saying, I don't think the game's going to get played. And I remember it was such a huge debate because a lot of people were were saying, play the game. The Kings should play the game. They have a chance to – they're in such a, a, a nice spot to be the only game on TV. It's the last game before. And then they also came into perspective that, hey, we have no idea what the hell is going on. We have no idea what kind of dangers this virus possesses. We have no idea what – this is Never, this is unprecedented. This has never happened before in the history of of the NBA, American sports, in our lives. Anyone's life – no one's experienced anything like this before. So fast forward a year after a lot of time at the house. Yeah, a lot of, lot of time at the house. A lot of time uh, watching Netflix, a lot of time wearing masks. We're all getting towards a better place. In my opinion, a better place today. Numbers are better. Vaccines I think so too. are rolling out.
0: Kings are back to winning. Kings are winning games, <laughs>
1: and uh, fans could be back in the building hopefully by the end of the season. But that's not for that's sure. Ambitious. Do you think? Do you think the California yeah. is going to get around to it? I well, mean,
0: I saw that they're planning on having a good amount of people for opening day across, even in California. I Giants think the A's won, are, Giants
1: want Yeah, I think people. the
0: A's are supposed to have fifteen.
1: It's outside, though. I get yeah,
0: I guess and the the call seems massive. You can, I'm sure you can spread fifteen thousand people out. But I don't think
1: fifteen thousand are coming.
0: I don't know. <laughs> well, that's a whole another thing too. Is whatever. Uh, we we are getting very sidetracked, but um, I think uh, to, I don't know. Just to wrap it up, the year has been absolutely. I mean, you know. No shock to anyone. The year has been absolutely crazy. Um, it's crazy that we have continued on with sports during this time and just kind of um, accepted it as like, you know, because, I mean, there was, what, a two- or three-month period where there was nothing.
1: Yeah, it is crazy. Again, yeah, we're not, we're tra- we're not trying to get sidetracked because this COVID-19 <laughs> podcast, but it's, it's it's been all of our lives for the past year. It's very relevant, and the, the thing you just said about how sports – went on through it. It is crazy to think about. And I remember it was summer. I was watching a baseball game and just seeing those empty seats. It's a vision. I'll never forget. And even last night at the game, those cardboard cutouts, things might be getting more towards normal, but no one's ever going to forget the impact this had on sports. And of course, all the countless lives lost and and all of, of the, uh, the turmoil it caused for the entire planet seemingly. And, uh, Sports was a tiny fraction of that, but it's a huge part of our lives, and we're just happy things are getting better in all aspects.
0: Yeah, one hundred percent, man. And uh, again, yeah, I can't wait for fans to come back. Can't wait to see what it does for sports. It's not the just, same like, at Golden One. It's not I mean, the same. It's at It's just I think the whole environment of sports is going to be completely different. I don't think uh, any of us really fully real I, I fully realize the impact of you know what what the whole game, like, how fans affect even, like, a tiny possession. And, like, you know, obviously we're momentum. not going to possession They but control you, They momentum. 100% do. And I remember just thinking at the start of, you know, all of this, like, <laughs> it's just such, like, a way to – this is how you know, like, I have a basketball problem. I was just like, man, like, this sucks. The playoffs aren't going to be the same because – one of my favorite shots in basketball is the pull-up three where it is solely based on crowd hype. And like, you can just feel like the angst of like the rumble in the crowd and it's silent. And then I don't know, just like the the plays that the crowd makes or feels
1: like the crowd has a hand in, um, just haven't been there, I mean, you yeah, know, I don't know I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm about to have a, a crazy uh comparison, but uh <laughs> these these YouTube videos pop up my feed old king's highlights all the time like from 2015, 2014. the boogie teams the the Rudy gay teams I'm guilty of liking to watch I like to watch his highlights they're kind of fun nostalgia you know, sue me, I don't care. I was in college, and it was fun uh but this scene came up a scene play came up I, watched, you know, I haven't watched too many what do you I've been watching too many movies. Uh this play came up and it was it was the game against uh the Warriors when Omri Caspi and Steph Curry were, were dueling back and forth and oh, man. just hearing the crowd, just that buzz of the crowd every time Steph or or Omri got the ball in their hands, electric. Just that doesn't
0: That's like a perfect descriptor of what I'm talking about because there's no way they in a non- like last night crowd, no. you know, if there's no crowd there, they're not going to go back and forth and trade buckets because It just doesn't – like, that's not – that's not how a coach is going to imagine any minute playing out of basketball. No coach is going to be like, all right, like, there's going to be a point in this game. Like, Omri, if you have three straight wide-open threes, take them. Like, I don't care if there's 20 seconds left on the clock, take them. And that's what happened, and it was totally okay because the crowd was way into it, and it just felt like, yes, like, this is what needs to happen. Steph and Omri – Trading threes, out of, and like the, again, like that just doesn't happen
1: if no, there's no crowd. It, there. it, it plays a huge factor, and that doesn't even begin to describe how much the crowd.
0: And that's just a random Kings Warriors game, yeah, ima- with uh, a crappy um, Kings team. Imagine
1: March Madness, which yeah. there was no March Madness last year. This year's March Madness, which the crowds will probably be like a ten percent, fifteen percent capacity. Yeah. I'm not really sure what they're doing in Indianapolis. I think they're doing a bubble in Indianapolis, aren't they? For, I have no idea. But anyways, the crowd makes such a huge, huge difference, and. It's been sorely missed in every sport, even with with football in those crowds in college football in the NFL. It's just sports have missed them. Golden One Center is, in my opinion, one of the the most highly affected areas. Areas of a fandom. Fan, yes. yes. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's just the Kings. Their pulse, yeah. relies on that fan. I, I'm that fan base. I'm telling you, the games are different. It injects energy. Maybe the Kings are still not good, but. Statistically, their home record has been better than their away record for a reason. It's because of the fans.
0: Yeah. Um, it's also interesting not to turn it to the negative side. But I also going. think I've there's been points where I'm like, man, the Kings are lucky there's no crowd in here right now. Oh, because yeah. just, I mean, we all know what happens after the intros when the coach is is introduced. People yes. people think it's funny to... to Seem as if they're saying Luke, um, and it's more just a
1: long,
0: yeah, clearly starting with a B, um. So, you know, there's been some of those moments where I'm oh. like, man, he would really be getting it after ton- or right before now, tonight's game. And, he'd be uh, getting
1: it right now. There's pretty... moments,
0: you know, where, I mean, especially during that terrible nine-game losing streak, and granted, all those were on the road, but, uh, you know, when they there was times at home where they just come out and they, you know, they have no energy. And, and the know, crowd,
1: but the crowd plays into that. Yes, but I think
0: the crowd also will boo the hell out yes. of them and let them know, like, and, you know, I go back and forth on that. Like, I don't think crowd and you know I'm not saying the kings going to or go on a 2 to 15 run get outscored by 13 and the crowd needs to clap them back into you know back into spirits but you know I just think that's fun that's that's the part of me where it's like I'm glad that like I am not watching this as a fan because it's like that is fun like I I know why you guys are booing I wish yeah. I could boo with you but it's also like
1: that it like I, the,
0: this team deserves to be booed, definitely. and I'm
1: glad they're getting booed. And I want to make it seem like I'm saying the crowd makes the Kings win basketball games. <sighs> it comes down, to, it's a product in the form. I'm just, they I'm do. more, I'm more so meant to. Let me rephrase: the crowd has such a hand in the momentum of those yeah. runs. If the 100%. Kings are down by ten or twelve, and they get a couple back to back buckets, deafening. If it's like in the third, late third quarter, fourth quarter, because in that game too it was that was a run the Kings went on that Omri game, they were on a run. And uh, it was in Golden State, and you know what? The Warriors crowd at Oracle erased it. It was deafening. You could not even hear. I can't remember what the announcer's names are for the Warriors. Um, um, I know them. I just can't, I don't know why I can't. But you uh, couldn't even hear them making the call. Fitzgerald. And yeah, you couldn't even hear them the call they were making when Steph Curry would, would sink a three. Tim Roy. So uh, are we done with the COVID talk?
0: I think so. Um, Is there anything about the Houston— I mean, I I can't even remember where we left off in the Houston game, but honestly— my I I don't think
1: we even started. We just kind of got sidetracked (laughs) with COVID. But again, just to close on that, COVID has had a huge impact on our lives. Everyone's been reflecting, and and, uh, happy things are going in a better direction. And we're happy the Kings also are going in a better direction because they had their largest margin of victory last night. They won by 20 points. Yep.
0: Do Um, you
1: care? I do care.
0: I definitely care because— my main feeling watching last night's game and after it is, this is exactly what I wanted to happen in that Laker game. It was a de- – I mean, that Houston team that they played last night, that has Bad. to be – I think I said the the the, ma- the magic that they played earlier with just Vuce and, and Terrence Ross was going to be the worst offense they played all year. I think last night's Houston team was probably the worst team. I – I would hope that's the worst team the Kings play all year because it's not as if the Kings didn't give them opportunity to stay in that game and you know, for a long for what, three, two and a half quarters it was Houston was kind of in
1: it. Um the they, Kings
0: definitely pulled away.
1: They went up by the Kings took a twenty point lead in the third and, and then and they cut it back down to the The like Rockets cut into it a little bit, but it never got to a yeah. point where I felt Uh oh, are they really gonna lose this game? It just yeah. from the beginning. As it should have been. It was a high-scoring first quarter, and it was kind of a back and forth for a minute. But it just seemed like the King scored the Rock, thirty. I think first quarter, the Rockets had Eric Gordon, and that's all they had. He ended up getting hurt, and then once he came out of the game, done. Yeah. Ben McLemore, Kevin and, and Porter looked good. Kevin Porter, yeah. uh, Kmart Junior looked pretty good. It's all right. I like I like his game. He knocked down a three. Yeah, I. Mean, I me and my
0: roommate had like a fifteen-minute conversation about like just. Kevin, like that—that that whole whatever, whatever. Kevin, Kenyon Martin decided to do with his career, like I just—I completely disagree with. Like he was—he was on, uh, I think, Sierra Canyon two years ago with Scottie Pippen Jr. They were the best team in the country in terms of high school. Um, played one year of college basketball,
1: came he, out didn't he, do anything. did he play?
0: That's exactly. I think he may have gone to Vanderbilt or something like that, like a really random school.
1: No, didn't they have like that special academy? I
0: really, no, that's where Scotty Pippen, Scotty Pippen's son went to an academy the next year, and then I think now he's in college.
1: Scotty Pippen Jr. is in college, yeah. Yeah,
0: but my bigger point is I think like Austin Rivers was the first person that we could both think of in our lifetime that really started the trend of just like, why are you coming out? Like stay one more year. You're mm. not like clearly that. First season didn't go how you thought it was going to go. Your your dad, I mean, especially in both of the Austin Rivers and Kenyon Martin's case, your dad is an MBA, ex-NBA great. I'll just call them both greats. Um, you know, Doc is whatever and Kenyon is yeah, whatever. But, like, people are going to... If Kenyon Martin Jr. scores 16 points a game his sophomore season, someone's going to hear about it. Kenyon Martin, I don't, I don't have his college stats in front of me. He clearly averaged under 10 points a game his I don't know but he got picked sec in the second round probably off of the success of his high school career and it's just like yeah for sure you ended up on the rocket you ended up in probably the best situation you could possibly end up in because you know Houston's as we said terrible so he's gonna get all the opportunities he wouldn't get elsewhere but like dude like best case scenario it's gonna be a grind a four three-year grind for you to get in Get like a real rotation when it's like you could have just stayed in college, been the, you know, a top five player in college, sophomore or junior year. And yeah, you know, there's a stigma about juniors coming out and stuff. But like,
1: who cares? Who, I'm not. Who cares? I'm not seeing any college or anything. Maybe other, he, other than high school. On, I think he played for one of those 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 one year. Get you ready for the pros. Like it's kind of in between the G League or and maybe college. Just, yeah, maybe he, he just
0: took the year off and he was played like, in the I'm G train. League.
1: Really, it said that he got recalled from from uh, the Rio Grande. Was that earlier?
0: Whatever. Point is, this is a this is a large digress. I mean, and again, like I just see what Harrison Barnes did. Harrison Barnes, I've you know, he was a top recruit coming out of high school. Uh, took, played a year at North Carolina. Was maybe one of the most hyped prospects coming in, especially to UNC, um, and then had a pretty lackluster freshman year. Definitely wasn't bad. Um, but, by no means was you know your freshman' sensation that would come in, and you know eighteen points a game for sure top five pick Harrison struggled he you know we know Harrison Barnes is an incredibly professional guy he's clearly very smart, he probably had the foresight at the time to realize all these things, and he realized i 'm not ready yet or i'm not the pros didn't see the best version of me. Let me come back next year play well and if it work if i play well at the end of the day it's all going to work itself out. Harrison was the 7th pick in the draft. She he did? Ended up being on those great warrior teams. Yeah, Harrison came back Warrens, in the rest of his history.
1: His <laughs> sophomore year he averaged 17 and 5, but just you do see a lot of the times those young players they should come back for one more year. They feel like they don't need to. Austin Rivers is a good example. Uh both Jones brothers from from Duke, i think could have benefited from longer time in college cuz they both were really good college I think point both guards. Could-
0: Maybe be starting point guards if yeah. they would have, because especially Tyus. Tyus like,
1: Jones was a he was a bad yeah. man in college. Yeah. He won that nat, that natty. Yeah. he's him. Yeah, that team had some good players. Jaleel was Oka great 4, that year, but like, yeah, and Winslow too. But I, they're a good team. But Tyus, Tyus Jones, put them
0: together. He was yeah, he man. was a great college point guard, but, and I, that's a perfect example.
1: You know, speaking of someone who stayed one more year in college and kind of had a better sophomore, actually a way better sophomore year. We uh, had the return of Tyrese Halliburton last night. Oof,
0: man, was that needed. Um,
1: yeah, I think... He didn't play much. I don't.
0: I was going to say, I don't have his numbers or his well, stat line in front Luke, of me. If I remember, it kind of took him a while, like
1: second quarter, to really get going. But Luke Walton said that he was going to be on a minute restriction, and he said it wasn't going to be enough minutes. It just It's the way the training staff laid it out, that they want to protect him. It was a calf injury. He feels a lot better. He was working out the whole all-star break, is what he told the press, and... Uh, he only played 18 minutes last night. He had five points, three rebounds, two assists. Small stat line, not really that notable. But his presence alone is just having him in that second unit, just having that body to throw out there, it's just, it makes that much of a difference. And it's exciting to have him down the stretch because maybe this team won't make it to the 10th seed or nine or 8th seed. But uh, if some moves are made here in the near future, we get to see a De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, Lineup, Whether that means if HB or Buddy or Moved, if, if both are Moved, I think Tyrese gets moved up. But that's a different discussion. But uh, it's good to have him back. Yeah, 100%.
0: Um, I think, and this is, somebody should timestamp. What, what time are we at right now? We're around the 23-minute mark. I'm about to give Corey Joseph a compliment. Um, big, I mean, the, before the break, I think uh, Corey Joseph actually kind of softened the blow of of Tyrese not being there um, with how well he, he surprisingly played. I think um, we saw when Tyrese was out the first time with that shoulder injury, when he missed, what was it? Two or three games might've been four or something like that. The team just, when, when De'Aaron went off the court, it was completely stagnant and nobody could get going. And you could tell it was just not, not operational. Um,
1: Corey and Joseph.
0: I think Corey Joseph, those last two games before the break, man, he and I think he he uh he played decently last night. He tied know, his career, career high
1: with five steals.
0: Yeah. Um thirteen points. I definitely did not recognize that five steals in the game. That's, you know what, I'm that's giving, a great stat for Corey De'Aaron
1: had a great game, but I'm giving Kojo we're not doing awards today, but I'm no. giving Kojo king of king of the night. King of a day. That's fine, man. He deserves I'm, it. I'm told
0: he he does deserve it. With Everyone's
1: all- been us including we us, were bagging on yeah, the poor guy, just
0: absolutely bagging on him, and he, you he know, he's, he's played to a serviceable level, and that's that is here, that is great. That is, <laughs> that is great stuff.
1: Okay, look, if Tyrese had 13 points, four rebounds, three assists, and five steals last night, I think we say that's a good game from Tyrese. Yeah, it, Kojo, definitely. good game, my friend. Good, good job, game. Man, uh, proud of you. Proud of you. So he, yeah, great game for Kojo. King of the day, king of the, king of the day. week, whatever you want to call it. Uh obviously the main storyline was De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> De'Aaron Fox in unsurprisingly you know unsurprising way. Thirty points, seven rebounds, nine assists, you come to expect it from De'Aaron. Uh he was one of four King's players to score twenty points or more. That's not the stat I want to hear. Well, fun fact there have been three games this year where the Kings have had four players score twenty points or more. They've won. Two of them. Can you name the, the game they lost where they had four players score? I know the answer to this more? question because yes. I
0: follow you on Twitter.
1: Yes. Follow Frank on Twitter at Frank
0: Cartes, F. Cardiselli3. Yes. Um, thank you. Um, that answer is the Charlotte Hornet game.
1: <laughs> it was a fart noise because you're right, but it's a fart noise because <laughs> of how, how bad that game was. So you have four guys that score 20 points from where you're going to win. Unless should, you have an, should. Unless you have an epic, embarrassing Horrific loss in the last minute of the game where you lead by eight.
0: Frank, I said that wasn't the stat I wanted to hear. I want you to read this to me as slowly as possible. Yes, sir. What did De'Aaron Fox shoot from the free throw line last night? Slowly. Too slow.
1: Five. Yes, sir.
0: Of. How many? Six. Six. Not perfect, but I'll take it.
1: That's pretty, pretty damn close. Frank Cardicelli.
0: What did Marvin Bagley, oh. a 50% free throw shooter, shoot from the free
1: throw line? I'll well, give you line? a hint. He missed zero. Missed none. And he took seven.
0: Seven. Seven of seven from the free throw the line Kings for The Kings as a the team. Kings as a team. There's controversy on the uh, percentage of this, by the way. I, I noticed right. I
1: put 1%, you put the other percent. I have the same percent here that I saw last night. I know.
0: It's just 85 or 86. The King shot 85.7%. Where did you get this number from, sir? Uh, the Score app. So shout out the Score app. Score app, app probably is
1: used... uh, fake news.
0: Well, I did. I actually used the calculator app as well, which, <laughs> which is handy. <laughs> did it round you up? I mean, no, it didn't, but I just, you know.
1: Uh, it was 24 of 28, which is 85.7, which is what I had last
0: night. Too. I put 86, but, you know, that's just, I'm just. You're a fool. I'm just, you know, I like to. Think more positively than you. Yeah, I bump it up. Yeah, skew, skew it a little bit. I mean, bit. we could use it. We could definitely we could use that use extra percentile. So uh, but point, bigger point is the I'd, Kings missed four free throw attempts last night, which do, is that's got to be oh yeah, that's got to be the season low.
1: I'd have to do research about season high how many free throws we've made in a game out of how many attempts. Like, is that the most? Is that the best we've done in a game? I'm sure there's some games. Where, I'm sure there's some games where we, we've gone like eight of ten or or nine. I don't of think so. 12. But I don't think so. You're gonna tell me we took 28 free throws and made 24? Yeah. I would slap you in the face if you told me that a week ago. Yep. Slap well, you and right you look at face. what
0: happens. This is the King's biggest margin of victory. It's probably not a coincidence. No. You make the free ones and you get to win by more than expected. Well,
1: they shoot like they usually shoot. What do they go? They go maybe like 15 of 28 or, or 14 of 28. Typically, 17? I would say maybe like
0: 20. Yeah, maybe like 20 of 28.
1: And 20 might be. That would might be, be like generous. generous. Maybe, what, ni- would...
0: 19 maybe. <laughs> maybe nineteen, maybe. Maybe nineteen, maybe one less. Maybe nineteen and a half free throws made. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: no, it's it's uh, it was really really impressive because they kept going to the line, yeah, and I kept thinking, uh James Ham of NBC Sports California, shout out next, shout out James Thomas. Uh, he kept saying, "I'm I'm gonna see if it work." Not to he was he wasn't trying to jinx Marvin, but he just said, "I'm I wonder if this will work." Marvin Bagley six of six from the free throw line before Marvin shot his last free throw, and it fell, and. We just were stunned at the fact that Marvin Bagley, who people have been hating on his shot—whether it's a jump shot, three-point shot, free throw shot—for the past three seasons, not only is he shooting around fifty percent from the field, not only is he shooting around thirty-seven percent from the free from the three-point line, his free throw shooting could be starting to improve. Seven of seven. I don't know how many times Shaq or DeAndre Jordan ran to a seven to seven game from the free throw line. I would imagine not that often, and their shots didn't look as good as Marvin. Do you think Marvin is on the cusp of figuring out his free throw shot?
0: Free throw shot is kind of a different animal. You almost like need to focus on that singularly. Um, But I think his shot is by no means like unsavable. I think him and De'Aaron actually have. I mean, it's not just because they're maybe it is just because they're left-handed, but I think they both have some pretty solid. Sound shot mechanics. um I don't think there's any thing that you know would make you think they won't. You know they they won't be a good shooter. It's I don't think like Marvin's issue is I don't think he has touch, and I think you see that around the rim um, with the with the half hook shot. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, I mean, he, I shouldn't say he doesn't have touch because he he does he does have that half hook that jumping half hook, which requires touch because you can definitely just thud that as hard as you can off the back of the rim. Um, but he uh he doesn't have the shooter's touch, I should say. We see him miss bunny sometimes. I don't know if that really has to do with touch or focus. Yeah but, um, and he
1: was two seven from the field last night. So. Yeah.
0: Um but his you know his corner three looks great. He's uh he's starting to to move over to the wing now. He started to hit some of those. I think again, like his shot mechanics look fine. It doesn't look like he's really, you know, Straining too much to get those off, but uh, the seven of seven from the free throw line at least tells you that he's not like he's not a DeAndre Jordan, he's not a Shaquille O'Neal, where it's like he's just you know, he just can't make the free throw. He's trying to figure out that touch. I just think think it's a lot of, yeah, I think it's a lot of similar to what it is with De'Aaron. It's just like you're worrying about too many things, and like you're not. Free throws are all about focus. Like how many you, it's really. Fans love to, you know, say, why don't you just practice your free throws? Like, spend time practicing your free throws. You can take as many freaking open free throws as you can take 800 free throws a game in an open gym. Will it help? Probably. You know, you'll probably make one or two more than you usually do after. But, you know, it's not not preparing you for the in-game fatigue, the in-game mental stress of free throws. And uh, I just think... I, 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 long answer to your question, to give you a short answer, I don't think there's anything I see that should uh, that should prohibit him from gaining upon this, building upon this.
1: Yeah, Marvin, quiet game offensively, other than the seven free throws, but uh, De'Aaron obviously had a good game. We come to expect it out of him. Rashawn Holmes, 9 of 11 from the field. He was 100% from the field until uh, he had a kind of a, he was kind of, like 8 of 8, I think, at it one It was point. kind of a rushed attempt. It was late. It was later in the third quarter. and uh, He finished 9-11 in the field. A 20-11 game for Sean. He Easy. Just continues to be the most consistent player on the Kings as far as knowing what you're going to get from him every night. And the other consistent guy, De'Aaron, obviously 30 points is what you want from De'Aaron. The thing I told you about that, too, just before we move on to HB and, and Buddy, is... I was going to skim by it, but I can't because I make this point every podcast, and I was going (laughs) to not make it again. But I told you before, if De'Aaron can make his free throws, he's a 30-point-per-game scorer. He made five of six free throws last night. He was scoring 24-25 per game over that great stretch, and he was missing – he was shooting about 59-60% from the free throw line. Look at that, five of six, 30 points. He's that close. If he can do that every night.
0: And that's not crazy. I mean, I would say six is on the low end of his free throw totals. Like, he can definitely get eight to ten free throws a night if he really, really is pressing the issue and he, you know, if he gets comfortable enough making people make decisions like that. Because I think, you know, De'Aaron is a pretty, he doesn't really get credit for it, but he's a pretty pure point guard. Like, he really, I don't think he is like Steve Nash in the sense of, like, he's really pass first. Um But he has those instincts of like, you know, like, yeah, I could literally drive the paint every time, maybe get 40 points, go 17 to 20 from the free throw line. Those are all very excessive. But like, I think he really does care and understand that it matters that like that Rashawn gets eight of eight, that Rashawn gets easy buckets, that, you know, buddy gets at least two, you know, deer and loves to do that trailer turnaround, you know, scoop pass uh, to Buddy for a trailing three, I think he just finds those things important. Um, and you I know, say I know not to say he can't be a thirty point no, scorer, no. but I just think um, I don't know. I don't really know. He what knows I'm saying, where but. and
1: when to find his teammates and, and where they succeed. So yeah, he'll find Rashawn in that ten foot range where he can knock down one of those patented push shots. He knows where to find Buddy on a curl or when to find Buddy who might get his, get it free off a screen. He knows where to find Tyrese. He knows where to find HB when HB's cutting to the hole because he's pretty much unstoppable. Last night, HB going to the rack was yeah. a force, but great to see out of out of De'Aaron. He was flirting with a triple-double, and uh, that moves us on to, which also kind of transitions us into our, our final segment, which is which is trade talk. Uh, the two, Nemanja Bielisa didn't have that great of a night last night, so we're, we're going to just move on. We know he's probably going to get moved. He's, he's like the most 100% certain going to get moved. Yeah, But the other two question marks, Buddy Heald, Harrison Barnes, they both finished with 20 points. Harrison had 11 rebounds. It was the second double-double of the season. Buddy had 11 points in the first quarter last night. Got really ice cold, but he still managed to get the 20 points late. But he also finished with six rebounds, seven assists, and two steals. Do you think every game these guys play, like, does that game for Buddy mean anything as far as trade value goes? Or is it to a point now where teams aren't looking at what Buddy brings to the table as much as how much money he's making? Because if Buddy scores 38 points tomorrow against the Hawks, does that even do anything as far as team gaining interest? Because people love to say, oh, HB and Buddy are showcasing for their trade talents. Teams pretty much know what they're going to get is the question I'm asking. Does anything these guys do over the next week and a half, two weeks, does it do anything to swing the momentum of them being traded or not? Because... I just I find it hard to believe one or two games over the stretch is gonna make people say, Hey, I'll commit twenty something million dollars to you for the next two years.
0: Yeah, the Buddy situation is interesting because I wanna say yes, like if he goes if he starts going like six of ten every night from three or whatever, five of 10, the whole four four of, he's eight. Five of 13 if, he's, last if he night. starts to look like Buddy healed again for a week and a half or something, I would like to think that you know people might Come be out like, the woods. exactly and be like, "All right, he clearly struggled coming out of this season, but he appears to at least be back to the player that he was last year." Or the se- you know they just want to essentially make sure or be as confident as possible that the player they are trading for is the player that they are getting. Um, it, I don't know if that is that does that make sense? No, it, you makes know, it, like, it totally makes sense. If if he continue if it the more and more removed we are from the beginning of the season and that misperformance looks more and more like a blip, um, I think the better. But the question... Buddy, like I said, is a pretty pretty specific situation because he's still got three years left on his deal. And if he were just maybe this season and and next season, I think it would matter how he were playing. But since it's a three-year deal, I think... Like you said, like, you just got to kind of, I mean, A, I don't think Buddy's probably going to get traded for the the three-year contract reason. Um, but B, I think that just weighs too heavily on, like, all right, how do I know that I'm not going to get this guy, you know, next season or something like that?
1: No, it makes sense. Or for that, the rest I, of
0: his tenure.
1: And also while we're here... Good, get, good win over the Rockets, Kings. They should have won that game anyway to close that out. Yeah. But uh, you mentioned I don't think Buddy's getting moved either. Like, are we both firmly on the we, we we want we were okay if Buddy gets moved because of the fact that it frees up the salary. The Kings have a clear spot for Tyrese Halliburton now in the starting lineup at, at the two spot. But yeah. do you think it's well? Let's just let's put it this way: Does De'Aaron Fox? I mean, God, not De'Aaron Fox, not De'Aaron Fox. Does Buddy Hill get traded? Just point by the end of his just contract. Deep, by the end of this. By the end of uh, this, deadline. this deadline, does he get traded? Right now on on March twelfth. Again, if, we're, we if, might not record you know, until we're both 19th, we're so. both
0: betting men. If I had to put money down on it, I would probably. You know, man. Can I just talk this out for a second? Talk because I would say part of me. I, man, I'm really split on this. Well, I when I really have to come to a decision, sorry, I'm just gonna I'm gonna good. talk it out. I think, I think it just makes a lot of sense to get rid of. I I know like you might not get anything, you know, that you feel like is even comparable for a good, or you might get you know one piece where you were looking to get two. Um, Or you know you might get a a worse young player in a pick than you were expecting. Um, But anyways, I just think with the way that Buddy's playing now, it really feels like he is the outlier on the team. Like he kind and it doesn't help that he's missing his shots because I think if the shots go in, he feels a little bit more. He fits a little bit more cohesively, but when he just misses shots, it really feels like. They're so i mean it's partially his own fault because all he does is take the threes but and he's really the only person on the team that takes them but if he's not hitting the threes it's just it's just a killer like emotionally it feels like ugh like if he's not hitting them like where are we going to get them where from are we find and he's it? he's and if you know if he's not hitting them also he's probably going to take six or seven more and so we should be anticipating four or five more misses point is i just think when he's bad it's and how impact important he is for the Kings' offense. It's just like a kill; you can't surpass it. And I just think, and I've I think I've said this before. I think his skill set is so replaceable at such a smaller number that it just makes so much sense to get rid of him if you can, and just try and piece together some shooting with a couple different pieces.
1: I uh, I don't think he's going to move moved. Mostly because of the fact that how much money he's on the hook for. I don't think any teams – and again, Sam – I have this article from uh, Sam Amick in front of me. He was on a podcast yesterday. You sent it over to me with uh, Jay King and Michael Scotto and – Hoops hype. Hoops hype. And Amick said that he does not think that Buddy Hill goes anywhere and he has not heard anything. And the primary reason he hasn't heard anything is because of the fact that Buddy has three years left on his contract. Uh, He hasn't heard anything about him from anyone uh, Philly was a team that's always mentioned, but there's nothing. Philly, obviously, they have set their sights on on people like Nemanja, lower cost options, and I think Buddy becomes a more tradable asset when you just knock that three years left to two. Yeah, it might be a move they make next deadline when he doesn't have as much money on the books. Yeah. They might have to kind of just bear down and get through it. That could mean he moves to the bench though. Anyway, but I would be totally fine if they move Buddy. I do. I'm. I, I, Love the contributions he's made. Mm-hmm. It's been fun in those games. He's on fire, but he's 28 years old. He's on the books for so much money over the next three seasons. We have our our guy in Tyrese Halliburton who's obviously going to be paired with De'Aaron. They complement each other well. But he's just not a fit for this team long term. No. And uh, It, it kind of is, as we transition into who I think could be a, a, a fit long term, at least for the next three seasons, is Harrison Barnes? I'm I'm firmly on on the side of the fence where I do not want to trade Harrison Barnes. I'd like to move Buddy again, not moving either at the deadline. I know that that just doesn't do anything for the Kings. It doesn't do anything at all. But if that means trying to cut Buddy for cheap, if you have to, like you said, for a return that isn't as much, even though it's going to hurt the team, trading Buddy for for crumbs. Harrison Barnes is a guy with. The or if King... it's just flexibility. I yeah. Mean. If the Kings trade Harrison Barnes, though, where does that put us? What Getting an Aaron Neesmith back or getting a Romeo Langford from Boston. What does that do for us long term? Now, the easy answer for someone on Twitter or Facebook who've been telling me is who are getting mad when the Kings win a game because it's hurting their chances of getting a top five pick. The only way we're going to for sure, the Kings are for sure going to grab a top five pick is if De'Aaron Fox does not play, if the Kings trade Harrison Barnes and the Kings trade Buddy Heald. The Kings are on that just weird limbo, this weird place where they're not bad enough to get a top five pick. They could luck out and yeah. hop up, but I don't think this team, if you trade Harrison Barnes too, I don't think they're one of a, They're going to be bottom five. Well, here's also the thing.
0: I love Harrison Barnes. We love Harrison Barnes. I wouldn't say Harrison Barnes is necessarily like making this. I mean, he's definitely leaning towards the winning side of basketball, but he's not making this team significantly better like it's not like keeping Harrison Barnes is like you're saying putting us into the playoff race or something like that whereas putting us in the
1: top five I would say getting
0: rid of him for sure maybe puts you in that bottom five again if De'Aaron gets hurt and they start to lean more towards that that tanking but you know with Harrison on the team it's just a really solid player who we know is never going to you know he's never going to take another leap to like a Paul George kind of level or anything like that. We, you know what he is. He's a, I would put him slightly above average league, small forward. Um, and you know, that's, that's, I think that's a perfectly fine place to start with, with where the Kings are right now. Like, I don't think there's any reason why the team needs to be De'Aaron Fox, Tyrese Halliburton, and excuse me, Rashawn Holmes, but a bunch of crap like it, why does that have to be the the solution for, you know, for for tanking or for rebuilding? Like yeah. you can still have these good solid pieces, and much like Buddy Harrison's still on a deal, you know he can still get traded next season. Yeah, um, and I think that that could be a thing too. Is we're just a year too early on all of this stuff. I think next year we can probably add Marvin Bagley to this list because I don't think I Sam also talked about it in that podcast. Marvin's not getting moved this uh, this deadline just because it doesn't make sense. Why would yeah. the Kings not just hold on to him, see what they can get? Sam also made a great point that Marvin's getting paid eleven million dollars this year because he was the second pick in the draft. I think it's fourteen next year. That's not an easy contract to move, but uh, it's a lot easier when it's shorter years and yeah. And uh, Kings are in yeah. wait and see mode with yeah, Marvin pretty for
1: sure. Much. They're in wait and see mode, and uh, it's just the Harrison thing. I don't think just, he. Sh- yeah, sorry. I don't. I don't think I
0: gave an answer on that. But like, I just don't think Harrison. I think trading Harrison Barnes, obviously, you can get an Aaron Nismith and a pick or whatever the hell people want to say. Romeo Lake doesn't even have to be Boston. You get a young player and a pick. All right, for sure. Yeah, like I mean, that's great for rebuilding. It's something, but at the same time, you that's you know, there is there's just no Aaron Nesmith could be Justin Jackson. Uh-
1: a twenty seventh pick in Aaron Niesmith does not excite me. No, it doesn't. It doesn't make, make me feel happy about. Oh, so it's just a Harrison pretty Barnes lateral away. move. Are either it's of like, them going to become even half the player Harrison Barnes is? I mean, of course he might. I mean, maybe. Yeah. But Harrison well, Barnes.
0: Yeah, I would.
1: He's got Her- Aaron
0: Niesmith is great. He could. He can even be Harrison Barnes.
1: He could be Harrison. Barnes. <laughs> he could be Harrison Barnes. in five years. But you would be great to just have Harrison. Just have Barnes. Harrison Barnes for two more years. Yeah. And his, his his deal is declining. It's getting less money. Less money is coming off the book, or less money is going onto the books each year. I think he goes from twenty to nineteen to eighteen. Twenty this mm-hmm. year, nineteen and eighteen. Uh, that'll be tradable again. He is a player. This is what he is. He's having the best year of his career by far. But even when he's not to this level, like last year's level, he's still a very good small forward. In this, in the 28. NBA, he's twenty-eight years old. Buddy, it's funny how Buddy's twenty eight and Harrison's twenty eight are just so much could not different. be the juxtaposition
0: of those two is yin and yang, night and day. Could not be more opposite humans, really. <laughs> I mean, and and it's just, I don't know. Like it, it makes me when you look at those two side by side and you just the the age similarity. It just it really points towards. How is, in you know, it's because of the value in return because the rest of the league also realizes this. But how is Buddy Heald not the, the obvious person that you should try and try and move?
1: Yeah, I mean, just to just to, I don't, know, I to make it firmly clear, not that it matters, one gives a damn what <laughs> I think. I would love it if the Kings would move Buddy. I don't think it's possible, and I would not. Like if they moved HB, but I do think it's possible. I do think Moni, yeah, and we have that's a great win. It, it be it's very interesting because of the fact that we have no idea how Moni McNair handles his business. We have yep. we have not seen one thing, one transaction. We know he signed Hassan Whiteside to a league minimum deal. We know that he signed Glenn Robinson and he waived him. He didn't work out, and we know he drafted Tyrese Halliburton, Robert Woodard, and, and Jemias Ramsey. Those are the only things we've really seen from him he uh, signed Nor- Norvell Pell yeah. to a ten day, but we've not seen him half make a trade. trade too as well. We haven't seen him make a trade. Kind of, which one? He tried the Divincenzo. Oh one. my goodness! That yeah. Okay. And, and you know what? That would have been a great would've move. Great having Dante Divincenzo. I saw last night. I think he had eleven points and seven boards in the first. Probably would have been tonight. the
0: backup point guard. Would have been getting all yeah. of Corey Joseph's it, minutes. Probably it'd
1: be it be Tyrese and Divincenzo running one and two in the second unit. Yeah, I'm not mad about that. No, at, not at all. all.
0: Not a, not even a
1: little. And if Buddy if Buddy's gone, that closing unit could have Tyrese, De'Aaron, and Dante. I don't know if Dante would play three. But I
0: mean, Dante closes for for the Bucks and HB now. HB at four, so. and
1: Rashawn at five. That closing lineup of Fox, Tyrese, Dante, HB, and Rashawn. Yeah, I'm a fan of that. I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. But that's the only move we've seen him try to make. And that we lost Bogey for nothing. Instead, mm-hmm. so it'd be easier for me to sit here. And Kings fans everywhere, people act like they know what is going to happen, and it's just. It's frustrating to me when people act like they know what's going to happen. And they know what's going to no. solve everything. How the hell does anyone know when it's been 15 years? We can all have our ideas, our opinions. You have an opinion, Chris. I have an opinion. You that's listening have an opinion. But I just don't think any move the Kings make during this deadline is going to be what solves it. Maybe it, unless it's a trade to go into the future and acquire the number one pick in the NBA draft for 2021. And we know that Cade Cunningham is going to be a superstar. Or we know it. That Jalen Sugg is going to be a superstar. There's no assurance that a move that is made in the next two weeks is going to even matter that much in the mag in the in the microscope of everything. It's no, just- the only thing that it could do is, I mean, like we mentioned,
0: I mean, if they like trade Harrison and they become significant- for LeBron James, <laughs> I was going to say, and they just become significantly worse, and that puts them in a better position to get those kind of players. But I mean, that's like what we saw with Demarcus, where it was like. Addition by subtraction, if you will.
1: Well, the NBA has anti-tanking stuff now too. Because yeah. if the Kings trade Harrison Barnes and or and or Buddy Healed, and they get rid of Rashawn, or not Rashawn. I mean, yeah, that could be a possibility too. Yeah, but,
0: I, I almost and, want to end with that as well. Yeah, so I would like to just
1: end end the HB stuff. If they get if they do move eight Harrison Barnes, and they don't move Buddy Healed, where does that put the Kings? Though, does that mean is there going to be a phantom injury for De'Aaron Fox? Because they're not going to be trying to win games there's anti-tanking rules and i think the top 5 now have the same the same odds is that yeah. right or top 3? I think it's
0: top 3 have the same odds and then like i think 5 has like 8% or something like that. Like if they, they trade, all sp- yeah,
1: whatever. If they trade Harrison Barnes they're going to lose more than they win for sure. Yeah. Will it be enough? I don't know unless De'Aaron Fox does not play.
0: Yeah, and i would much rather see De'Aaron Fox play and continue
1: to develop but and figure things at out. At the same time it's going to hurt you if he keeps playing. Yeah. So is there going to be a phantom injury? Because, I mean, there's a good
0: possibility. I remember, uh, I mean, how many times have we seen, like especially the last two weeks of the season, you know, an ankle turns into a thigh, turns into a bone bruise, turns into uh, he's just going to miss the rest of the at season. At
1: what point, too, because the Kings are three games out of the 10 spot right now to the disdain of somebody that want them to tank. They're within arm's reach. Uh, of the 10 spot, yeah. Yeah, it's, and there's 30-plus games left. There's a whole half of the season. They have a favorable schedule coming up what's what's to say if if they win tomorrow against Atlanta and then they beat Charlotte, three game winning streak, maybe they're two games out. Then what's the narrative? Like 18 and 22. Then what's the narrative?
0: I don't know because I mean at that point what the the deadline probably would be a couple days away um, yeah. after three or four games. And well, again, I mean this is this is kind of why I Am on the side of like we probably should have made some sort of moves by now, and I know, I know from a league, yeah, and I know from a league-wide perspective. Again, like a lot of people haven't done, or I mean, really, I think the Derrick Rose trade is the only significant one that really comes to mind. I mean, Blake Griffin just kind of got waived and all that stuff, so things are kind of starting to happen. But I don't know. I just think I would much rather. (laughs) Oh my goodness! In the words of uh of our of our um. I don't know what I want to. Use. In the words of Vladi Divots, I don't want to end up in a situation where, you know, we had a better deal two days ago, yeah. and that kind of thing happens. You know, where you just, where you wait and you you wait for the perfect deal, and it just never comes. And what was a better up, deal? See, so me and my roommate were also talking about that last night. I think Was it Phoenix. I no, I just think he was miss. I think it, it was a language barrier, like some sort of. He just meant something else. Like I think what he meant was, like two days ago, for example, it was the Lakers. Buddy healed uh, in two first round picks, and then the Pelicans were like, "Oh, you know what? We're actually we're we're working uh, with the Hawks or something on a side deal. We actually need that first round pick. Here's Tyreek Evans. You don't or like you just don't. Yeah, you don't get that first round pick. Here's Tyreek, and so it's like. Oh, I actually had a better deal two days okay. ago. Is kind of what there he, was speculation. I think. Too. I mean, this is there
1: was like speculation it was the, the, the Lakers. I think for Ingram or
0: we had heard that too. That the uh, in the, the draft, I, yeah, yeah, that it was like Ingram and I think it might the have been Julius Randall or something like that. Summer at the before time. though. Yeah.
1: Um. So, I mean, yeah. So you for know, the, for Demarcus Cousins, for deals those, come the and go. We're talking yeah. about if you're a Kings fan, you know what we're talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Deals uh, come
0: and go. I just think my bigger point is like I would much rather. And it's tough because, you know, this, this front office has been lips locked on... Well, I don't, is that... Lips locked? Isn't that kissing? I think, I think it worked. Okay. okay. Well, I think... I, sealed. I think, I think it is kissing, yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Lip sealed. Not that. <laughs> uh, Lip sealed with uh, with just leaks and rumors yeah. and even like... I mean, we haven't even... I think you talked about it last week, but like even the Boston quote-unquote rumors are nothing more than just rumors. There's been nothing like, oh, the Celtics Boston. are really trying or even like a... You know, Boston is fixed on getting Harrison Barnes. No, yeah, like, it, none it, of that. It's all just speculation and It's all and based people. out of
1: Boston, too, because yep. uh, Sam Amick even said, you know, Boston would love to get Harrison Barnes. I don't think he's ever come out and said the Kings would love to move HB. They're more open to selling, Yeah, but that doesn't mean they're going to try to move Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. No one's saying Kings are, like, Harrison Barnes, Kings want to get rid of him. Yeah. They will if the deal's right. So G- give me an offer you, that we can't refuse. Can we
0: talk about some of the specific deals that have been flown out and I think I've mentioned it a couple times. What do you think about and I don't we don't need to get into like long spiels about it but like Romeo Langford or Aaron Neesmith. It doesn't do it for and me. And or both. I mean like neither
1: do it for me. Yeah. Truthfully they don't and it, it might piss people off to hear it. I'm sorry. Neither of those do it for me. I don't yeah. know I don't Those know are both
0: would. rolls of the dice. They could both be completely unplayable or they could be Oh, well, yeah, they ended up, like, being a nice little rotation piece, you know?
1: I can't, like, sit here and, and bring out, because I haven't done enough trade machine stuff. I just know that the rumors yeah. I've been seeing, 100%. those deals I've been seeing, I do not like. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm
0: not a big fan of the Philly, us getting Danny Green and no. Mike Scott. If
1: you give us Matisse Thibel, if you I'll Ma- trade. If you give us trade Matisse you Barnes.
0: Or, Ty- or Tyrese Maxey, I will, ta- trade you I will take Barnes. those trades.
1: Yep, I'll but do that for sure.
0: Unless you're talking about a bona fide... Not even bona fide because I wouldn't say either of those two guys are bona fide but somebody that I can you know confidently say like all right I, honestly I mean it's it sucks to say but like someone you can sell the fan base to. I don't think you can sell the fan base on Aaron Neesmith, a guy who can maybe sniff the court for a Celtics team that's barely 500 Romeo Langford who hasn't seen the floor in two years since being drafted. I think, um,
1: I think they got him from our pick, too, didn't they? I think
0: so, yeah. That was um, our pick. That'd be kind yeah. of funny. And so, you know, none of those, you know, they're all reasonably touted uh, guy prospects coming out of the draft, but by no means were any of well, those guys, you know...
1: I saw one that Robert Williams would come back. That's a little intriguing that's to me. interesting, but Robert also, Williams like... and Neesmith?
0: Maybe. Robert Williams is kind of also, like, a pretty scheme perfect player. Like, he's 6'8". He plays center. He really can't stretch the floor he's at all. He's going to have a game. He's he's a great rim protector, and he can run. He can rim run, but he's also got his limitations being six eight. He does have similar. And not he, he's very six, skilled.
1: Eight. I was gonna say his numbers are kind of similar to what Rashawn uh, Holmes numbers were. Uh, he's hit, like a. He's honestly like a, lit, a mini Montrez Harrell. His nickname on Basketball Reference is Boo Butt. Boo Butt. That's something we'll talk about in another right. day. Uh, but Grant Williams, also Time
0: Lord. That oh, intri- Grant Williams.
1: Yeah, Grant Williams. That intrigues saying, me a little bit. I
0: Robert Williams.
1: No, the better Williams.
0: No, Robert Williams is the better Williams.
1: Oh, uh, I'm talking about Robert Williams.
0: Grant Williams. Now I'm saying Grant <laughs> I believe Rob- Grant Williams is the uh, Tennessee yes. guy that they drafted uh, from last Grant year. Grant
1: is not the one I'm talking about. Robert is the one I was saying. Time Lord. He's a block and a half per game. Uh, his numbers are kind of similar to what Rashawn Holmes is doing in his first year or two. But then again, Rashawn Holmes is almost seven feet tall and... Yeah, Robert Williams is not is not. So again, none of those moves with Boston really do it for me. They don't. If 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 and Danny Ainge does not like to give up assets, he does not like to do it, and no. he he probably won't. They probably won't make a move with Boston just general just because Danny won't want to make a move that gives up those young talent or. Well, they're not going to give up.
0: I mean, honest to God, if you if the, if the King should be trying to get anyone from Boston, it's a player like Marcus Smart. Yeah, and that's just not on the table, and so. If I'm Monty McNair, the conversation starts and ends there. You
1: mean Marcus Smart. Yeah. No? Okay. <laughs> okay. See you like, later. I I also
0: want Harrison Barnes. I'm not in any rush to get rid of him. So yeah. I understand the feeling, but you and, know, you gotta you gotta take something if you and wanna.
1: I, Monty's cool with Daryl Morey, so maybe he I'm sh- I'm sh- certain yeah. he's talking to, to Philly. Yeah. It might not be about Harrison Barnes because I don't think Philly's gonna wanna give up Tyrese Maxey or Matisse Dybel. They seem like they're part of their young mm-hmm. core, especially with uh, a core of Embiid and, and Ben Simmons. But uh, with Nemanja, I'm sure Philly seemingly will get Nemanja for yeah, cheap. The, yeah. And uh, we don't have to keep going back and forth about all this. But to end it, uh, Rashawn, you said do had thoughts about Rashawn?
0: Yeah, I'm just, I mean, I have I feel like I've posed the question in the past couple episodes. And uh, Sam kind of touched on it a little bit in that uh, interview I sent. Uh, I sent you. Everyone should definitely check that out. Uh, Sam Amick again was on the Hoops Hype podcast. Um, and he talks about Rashawn and how he hadn't really thought about uh, Rashawn being thrown into trade talks and all that kind of stuff, which definitely makes sense because we've talked about how, you know, Rashawn has been one of the very few bright spots for the Kings, uh, consistent bright spots for the Kings uh, this season. And just you know, obviously, that's not a type of the king should be in no rush to get rid of players that um, that play well, especially for them. But that also comes to the fact that um, I believe after this season, Rashawn Holmes is is a uh, his contract is up. Free He's agent. currently making five million dollars a year, which is Bargain. possibly the biggest steal in the
1: league. Kudos to Vladi for that. We got to give Vladi credit words due. Yeah, I guess in the
0: same off season that he signs Deadman and Corey Joseph okay, to thirty never million mind. dollars.
1: Never mind, uh, you know. Never mind.
0: Um, so yes, it's a it's a fantastic. I think it was a, what
1: three year deal? It is. Yeah, it is funny. It's, it's Vladdy's two biggest hits while he was GM are arguably uh, Rashawn and Nemanja, and they both will could be moved this uh, yeah. this this, uh, this trade deadline. But honestly, it was, because it was they a, played so well, it was a two year deal.
0: Yeah. Um, and so Rashawn's making five million dollars this year. Rashawn's playing the best basketball of his career. I can't quite put an exact number on what I think he'll go for. If I had to guess, it would be somewhere between low end ten million, high end
1: fifteen,
0: fifteen, seventeen, um, depending on what team and what role um, they want him to play. I mean. I mean, here, here's a completely random team, and I completely doubt it would work salary cap wise. But like Brooklyn or something like that, like a a team like that, where it's like he would just he would be perfect. Like he, I think, legitimately would be like six of six every night. Probably finish double doubles. But my bigger point is teams could use him, need him, need a player like him. The Lakers, I hate to say Um, it, the Lakers
1: could use a young center. I know the A D plays center, yeah, but Yeah, one hundred percent I mean, and
0: Rashawn's a perfect player Mar- for that. Marcus
1: is their center right all now. All dirty work. Lakers could overpay him this offseason and put a twenty eight year old center in for a three, four year deal. Marcus is thirty five right now, I think. They they need to replace him. A D, they like to play him at four. Uh Montrez Harrell is a six man. Obviously, he's not gonna be a starter. I don't believe in uh there's a bunch of teams out there that might pony all up very real they, teams. They might pony up some more cash for him. And even uh, if they
0: don't pony up more cash, they're better team. they're better situations. Yeah. I'm sure Rashawn would much rather play for the Lakers for $8 million for two years than the, the Kings, Kings for, at 10 or something for, for two for three, or whatever, two for 20 or yeah, whatever. Yeah, the Kings
1: three years and $25 million, Yeah. Or you go to L.A. So the bigger point is less.
0: the Kings, if they, it seems like if the Kings want to keep Rashawn, they're going to have to pay on the higher end of things. Um, which is something not new to the Kings. The Kings have had to pay that quote-unquote Kings tax for as long as they've been in Sacramento, and they will continue to pay it yeah. as long as they continue to be have a not-great franchise.
1: Have the Kings gone from—they didn't have that many big— They, I think it was a year ago they didn't have any money on the books, really, because HB mm-hmm. was a, uh, an expiring deal. but he was on his rookie-scale contract still. I don't think it had kicked in yet. De'Aaron was on his rookie-scale contract. Uh, Rudy Gay had come off the books a year before. Boogie got traded— I'm just trying to think of when the last time was the Kings didn't have any big money on the books. Was it 2 years ago? Before the um, HB trade? Yes.
0: Yeah, so it was before it was like when uh like when Zach ran uh,
1: DeAaron's rookie year. Zach was on the team still and he was making like 10-11 million, I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I
0: wouldn't consider that. But yeah, a lot. I remember
1: the Kings. It used to be they have so much. They have thirty-five, forty million dollars in cap. They have so much yeah. cap space. Just mm-hmm. literally
0: money that they had to that they had to spend.
1: Which is why I'm saying it's very hard for me to sit here and we're making predictions. And and I I felt kind of ranting at times tonight. Apologies. Not nah, sorry though. Actually, but uh, we have no idea how Monty McNair runs his his work. We have no idea how he makes things. Go in his front office. We in Houston. I think they were one of the bigger spenders. They had James Harden, Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul before. Uh, they had Trevor Ariza on on those kind of interesting contracts. They had. Pete, they have a lot of people that came in, and I think they were always in the luxury tax, weren't they? Or near oh yeah,
0: Houston. Tax. Oh yeah, for sure.
1: So is that what he's gonna do here? Maybe he says, "Hey, I'll I'll hang on to all of these guys and give Rashawn money, and then we'll worry about it later." Or maybe he's more... I mean,
0: that's... He was in Houston where they were, you know, the second best team in the West. Oh, yeah. Um, it was money we'll And spend. you know, Yeah, exactly. They, they were in a position where it's like, if you want to continue to win, you have to spend the money. And my bigger point with bringing up all those Rashawn numbers is if the Kings haven't already thought or slash made the decision of like, yes, we are going to pay... Or we are going to be willing to pay Rashawn Holmes... Whatever Thirty that,
1: million over three years. Whatever,
0: yeah. Whatever that number becomes, it just it makes way way more sense to move him now. And like I feel like I've mentioned the past couple episodes, like maybe try and sweeten a buddy deal, yeah, with Rashawn, or you know, gonna really get a mother load if you trade Rashawn and Harrison. It's gonna hurt, um, but it is smart. It, yeah, it's gonna hurt, it's, but if you're not going to keep him. Or if you're going to have to keep him at a price that is probably a little bit too steep for what he brings, I would just rather. That's what makes. Honestly, it's the smart business decision. Oh, and, yeah. like, it sucks. And, like, I know fans are just going to hate it. And it's not going to make any sense because you're just going to see how. Uh, the, just like with Bogey, the Kings finally get a player who can play, and then they just let him go.
1: It makes more sense to me, though, than moving HB because HB's under contract and he's affordable for the next two years and he's playing great. Rashawn's—there's no guarantee he's coming back. Yeah. They might lose him for nothing. And it makes more sense to me because his value is so high, it is going to hurt like a—can I say a bitch? It's going to hurt like a bitch. A bitch? Like a bitch. It's going to hurt, but it makes more sense to me and it's more of a, oh, I can get behind that than trading Harrison Barnes because— hey, we have HB for two more years and his money, it's coming off the books. Rashawn's going to be a free agent. Yeah. And he's going to asked point blank, do you want to be in Sacramento long term? And he says, you know, I love it here, but I'm i am not really thinking about that right now. I'll make the decision that's best for me. Of course, which is what every player says when it's going to be the offseason. But uh, he is. When they say they're going to do what's best for him and his family, they are going to do what is best yep. for them and their family. Yep. Which could be See mean, Bogey in Atlanta. Which could, yeah, with, with a lot of money, with yeah. a bunch of money in his pocket that the Kings didn't want to give him. Yep. Maybe Rashawn Holmes buys a beach house down in LA and that's Miami. a little more preferable. Or <laughs> Miami. Maybe that's a little more preferable to come back to Sacramento for less money. Uh, or the same money. It's
0: These, This is the reality of the it's situation. It's the reality of the
1: situation. It, it's, they are people like us. Yep. And I love. I'm from this area. I grew up here. Would you rather live here and make 30 million dollars or live in LA and make 25.
0: Yeah, and well and that's not even throwing on the basketball things of like yeah, he would get to play with LeBron James and he would get to play with Anthony Davis. He would get to play in the playoffs. He would get actual recognition for being the second, you know, best field goal percentage shooter yeah. in the league. Like if he were on the Lakers doing these things, they I I I mean, I think about remember when Andrew Bynum was a thing and oh, he God. could barely tie his shoes. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, a guy like Rashawn Holmes, Laker fans would lose their minds. Like, it, it, so, yes, I my bigger point is.
1: Um, we just totally started that Lakers rumor, by the way. Yeah, that's. No, that's yeah. Wait, no, but, no, but it's real, though. It is. No, he, the, he 100%. the Lakers aren't going to come calling for Rashawn Holmes yeah. this summer when they had Mark Casola play center. Yep. And JaVale McGee the year before. Yeah. And Rashawn's making $5 million right now. Yeah.
0: I mean, offering, yeah, I said my, him
1: eight million per year. Is, Rashawn it,
0: is one of those beautiful players. Sorry, but like he's again. one of those beautiful players where it's like legitimately pick a team and put Rashawn Holmes on it. Imagine he's like going to help that team, Miami Heat. They have Bam Adebayo. I Bam and Rashawn together, you know, I think Bam's short. Now, this is a complete random thought exercise, but, like... That's fine.
1: It's a podcast. You, you know, it, if, if, you turn off, yeah, like it.
0: Exactly. Turn off. Go ahead. Uh, Bam, you know, Bam's like 6'9". I would love to see a Bam... Bam and Rashawn are getting every rebound. No one's scoring in the paint. No one's dri- even thinking about driving the paint with those two. Like, I, I don't know. I just think... Uh, I think the Kings should just capitalize on the interest and I agree too. it's an expiring contract. It's, it's not a lot. So you probably won't get a one for one player um, with him. But again, like if you can sweeten the, uh, a, a buddy deal or, or make a, a mother load of a Harrison deal, I think it's more than something to be considered. And I think, uh, I think Kings fans say it all the time, but they really don't internalize it of like, yeah, like legitimately De'Aaron and Tyrese, are the only ones who are safe. And everybody, like, legitimately everybody else, like, can reasonably go.
1: Oh, definitely. And to end end this, uh, I think things are going to change a lot in the next uh, couple weeks. I I do not think that the team's going to be the same. Maybe I said that the Kings don't want to trade Harrison Barnes, but that doesn't mean anything because they could trade Harrison Barnes. Maybe we both agree Buddy Heald should both be moved. Maybe Buddy Heald's here for the next year. Maybe he's here for the rest of his contract. But... One thing is for certain, this team is not going to win with, with the roster that it has. It would be winning already. It would have won over the last 15 years. Changes need to be made. It's just a question of what changes uh that will be the question, but we'll be back. Yes, sir. With any breaking news.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely do any emergence. like if if anything, if any trades happen, we'll probably hop on that day.
1: Yeah. yeah we'll do live like live reactions live uh not live. I mean, We'll figure that out down the road. If live recorded, if enough of you like what we do, down the road we will figure out how to do like a a YouTube stream or something. But um, if any news breaks, we'll be in the studio ASAP. We have just about 13 days till the deadline. Today's February or March 12th, excuse me. And uh, yeah, any other thoughts, Chris?
0: No, no, that's um, that's about it. Um, yeah, I'm really trying to think uh, if there's any any None. meat left on this bone. I feel like we kind of cleared it. We cleared it pretty well. Um, yeah,
1: I think that's about Good, it. Job, Kings. Yeah, good job, Kings. Good job, Kings. Good job, Frank. Good job, Chris. Trades are coming. Brace yourselves. Brace yourselves. Um, we don't know. Last thought. We don't know. Yeah, also that. Maybe Monty just goes like, Womb. Like, we trade Buddy, Harrison in the same deal. Yeah. There could be some crazy stuff that happens. That we have There no could one be three-teamers,
0: four-teamers. Yeah.
1: You know, the Kings could be getting, yeah, I mean. The trade that has been, has been rumored, in my opinion, to end it, sorry. It's just that, it's, the, the rumors that we're seeing are not going to be the trades that happen. How rare, like, how Never. often? Never. 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 So, I don't know. Maybe it's Peyton Pritchard instead.
0: Oh, boy. That would be honestly I would have no complaints. Um pretty pretty nice. Yeah, we can talk about that when it happens. Yeah. Uh for my boy Frankie Cardicelli, I am Chris Watkins. Thank you all for listening so much. Uh we will be back soon. Shout out Pfizer. Shout out Pfizer. Definitely shout out Pfizer. Y'all are y'all are putting in work. Now shout, shout out Johnson and Johnson with the with the single
1: shot. I one shot. I'm getting my first shot tomorrow, Pfizer, Ooh. actually. So. Shout out shout out all of you people. Shout out my arm.
0: Shout out shout sword. out arms all across the nation getting getting pumped um yeah anyway for chris watkins for Frankie Jesus, this has been the return of the roar podcast thank you for listening